0: Criminal Minds is your dad who pays for therapy and your antidepressants, but still says things like, You're too young to be this tired.
1: Hey, James. Do you want to record an episode of our very cool new podcast, Wheels Up?
0: B, I would love to record an episode of our new podcast, Wheels Up. It's a Criminal Minds podcast.
1: Yeah, we're hitting this branding real yeah. early. This is, a Wheels U- this is Wheels Up. It's a Criminal Minds podcast, but they don't actually say Wheels Up in this episode of Criminal Minds, so it feels empty.
0: It does feel empty.
1: It does, doesn't it? It feels weird, right?
0: Think how good it will feel when they say Wheels Up for the first time, though.
1: Oh. It'll be a victory for us. We're putting our cash down right now, yeah. and it will increase tenfold. By that I mean we're putting down one dollar yes. now, and when they say wheels up, we'll have ten dollars. I'm wa- I'm manifesting <laughs> that for us, basically.
0: I love that for us. I would love ten dollars.
1: <laughs> love a whole ten dollars. Hey, do you want to talk about Criminal Minds, the show that began in like 2005? I think that's a great idea.
0: <laughs> yes, this is
1: corny as fuck. I do want everybody to know that i am aware that it's corny as fuck
0: (laughs) you know sometimes you just need an intro we'll get there this is episode one
1: that's valid okay also wow episode one is like a time capsule to 2005 everything about it screams 2005 Uh,
0: it really does from the lack of female characters (laughs) in the first episode to the like thick ass laptop like the thick laptop,
1: the like aim chat room that the
0: Ugh.
1: Vic is using,
0: meeting strangers alone off a Craigslist. How two thousand and five?
1: How two thousand and five? Do you ever think of like how people in the seventies always like opened up their doors, no matter who who it was, and like if they mm-hmm. were expecting anyone? How I look at that. Is like how I look at this woman who went to go meet somebody who is selling his car for dirt-ass cheap in just like the middle of the week. Like, that's how I look at her. I'm like, oh, that's why you got abducted.
0: Yep. Tells no one.
1: Just like casually heading out to go meet some random stranger as a woman to just do a test drive.
0: Yeah, and this is 2005, so cell phones are like, it exists, but they're shitty.
1: And, you know? like, you see it when she gets into the car and, like, she's she's like, oh, hey, you missed my corner. You missed my turn. Just turn around here. You missed that right, too. Hey, just turn around. Hey, can you stop the car? <laughs> and then she just has to, like, sit there. There's nothing else that she can do. She's just there now.
0: <laughs> he He pulls the lock off the door, which I didn't notice until the last time I watched it when he she sits down and he pulls the little like knobby thing which is why she like she like reaches to unlock the door and there's no knobby and she's like well I'm stuck (laughs) I I guess
1: now I'm stuck (laughs) I guess she just has the most like well I'm here now expression Mm -hmm. and I'm like Mm -hmm. yeah rip to you what's her name (laughs) Heather R.I.P. Heather
0: okay before we get there though Mm-hmm. We should introduce some stuff about the show, right?
1: We should introduce some stuff about like the show Criminal Minds or like our show Wheels Up the Podcast.
0: Oh, either or.
1: Okay, well let's talk a little bit about what this is. This is Wheels Up. It's a Criminal Minds podcast <laughs> in 2020 because yep. it can't get worse, gang. Yep. We're yep. here so nowhere to go but up.
0: We're going to be taking an in-depth look at every episode. Talking about the cases, about the character development, about all of that. Um, We'll just get it out of the way, a little disclaimer. We love this show a whole lot, and we recognize that it's it's not a good show.
1: It's a bad show.
0: (laughs) It's a bad show, but we're not just here to dunk on it. We truly love the show. We are going to be critical of it, though.
1: (laughs) We truly love this show, but I will also throw it in the trash at a moment's notice.
0: (laughs) Yep, we're going to watch all 300 episodes and then throw it in the trash.
1: (laughs) And then just dunk it. It's trash day, baby. (laughs) Welcome to Wednesdays. It's trash day now. (laughs)
0: Yep. Um, It was created by um, Jeff Davis, who also wrote... Teen Wolf which I understand now Criminal Minds
1: I've never seen Teen Wolf but I feel it's... like if I, I know the basis of it is, is it's like werewolves in high school and yeah. then with the knowledge that it's made by the same dude who created Criminal Minds I don't think I need to watch it I think I can just like galaxy brain this shit out
0: <laughs> you know, I've been putting off Teen Wolf because I was like, I'm not particularly interested in it. It's like one of those shows that's like very um, homoerotic for guys, yes. like uh-huh. guide gays. And the women keep dying. It's like one of those yeah. shows, which, you know, go for it. Do your thing.
1: But so is Criminal Minds. <laughs> so but also so, so is
0: Criminal, Criminal Minds. But... <laughs> Criminal Minds does give us a little bit of that gay girl vibe, which makes it, I guess, a little better.
1: Yeah, it makes it a little more palatable for me, a big fucking lesbian.
0: Yeah, as a gay lady type person, it does make it easier to watch. Um, It's like the
1: cough medicine that goes down a little bit smoother because it tastes somewhat like cherry. That's Criminal Minds. Yeah,
0: where you're like, ooh, grape flavor, but it tastes nothing like a grape. That's
1: Criminal Minds. (laughs) Yeah, you're like ooh cherry cough drops love this while you're like hacking up a fucking long it's perfect
0: Uh, god I love Criminal Minds so what we like about Criminal Minds is the way it takes its characters seriously it really fleshes them out it makes us care about them and want to know that they're okay and want to keep watching and see what happens to them Mm -hmm. and I also love that The cases are so wild. They're just so crazy.
1: This show fleshes out very competent people. (laughs) And then it throws a curveball at you like Spencer Reed doesn't know how to use a microwave. Like (laughs) Criminal Minds throws like that shit at you. And then they're like, hey, this guy has three PhDs, does not know how to use a microwave. Also, this killer makes people have rabies. It's a rabies episode. That's it. It's a
0: rabies episode. <laughs> and
1: that's just like, it flushes out very competent characters. And then it's like, but they're still fucking stupid. <laughs> they're still so stupid.
0: Emily Prentice has been living on her own for decades. Can't cook to save her fucking life. Like, <laughs> yeah. okay.
1: Like, literally, like, are you good? And none of the BAU is good. None <laughs> they're of them. just sad. Yeah. It makes these very relatable, competent people who I can relate to because I am not competent at all. <laughs> that's just yeah. That's the dynamic.
0: It brings it really brings the FBI down to the everyday person's <laughs> level.
1: But also, fuck the government. Like, fuck. But also, fuck. The They're government. also cops. So, fuck that. Right. <laughs> but
0: we are definitely team. All oh, cops are bad. <laughs> these just happen to be idiot gay cops. These the. That we five with i guess <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah no you're correct all cops are bastards but these are my bastards
0: also like all the characters like i know they're in the fbi but they also kind of all hate the fbi
1: it's really weird isn't it they're all like the government doesn't do this good yeah but why are you still there then <laughs>
0: Yeah, I saw somebody describe Hotch as like a libertarian. He's like in the government because he knows how bad the government is. So he's like, I need to be here to do at least some good. That's how all of them feel. They're like, oh, we can help people and use government resources. Yeah, I guess we should join so that there's like some good people doing some good. But it's like none of them are particularly like, they all hate every team of local cop they all hate the cops
1: they hate like like, hate their higher FBI like the director the fucking like the hierarchy of FBI bureaucracy they hate that shit and then they're just like can I just go and catch serial killers some more and the uh, the directors are like sure I guess like listen I'm just
0: here to use your jets (laughs) (laughs) I just don't have the resources on my own so I have joined the FBI but I'm not one of you that's what criminal minds feels like
1: I think that's why it's so desperately trying to be like the edgy goth kid, but you're in a school full of preps. I'm sorry, you're kind of still a prep.
0: (laughs) Criminal Minds is the my immortal of the crime show world.
1: You know, I hate that you're right. I hate that you're right.
0: Yeah. Okay, so our main characters are Jason Gideon, played by Mandy Patinkin, who was. Inigo Montoya in Princess Bride and is now Saul Berenson in Homeland. What's I think... Him? I love that for him. I think he's probably the most famous person in the cast. Actor.
1: Yeah, I think you'd definitely be correct about that. Especially because yeah. of Princess Bride. <laughs> he is the only genuinely right. famous person who is on this show.
0: Yeah. Um, in the show, he is also very famous. He's like the profiler that everyone knows. And uh, when the show starts, he's teaching at the FBI Academy because six months ago, he was involved in a bombing in Boston where he lost six agents. And we don't exactly know the details. I think in this episode, that's all we learn Mm -hmm. and that the bomber's name is Adrian Bale. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this is his first case back and everyone's kind of trying to see how he's doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, that's definitely it. Uh, We also have... Very, very special agent, very floppy haired boy, Aaron Hodgner, who is your, My your floppy unit haired
0: chief. boy.
1: He's such a boy in this episode. I cannot describe it other than he's just a floppy haired uh, boy in this episode.
0: He's smiley, his jacket is too big. His
1: he's jacket like goes nervous, down all the man. way over his fingers. Yeah. He's like building a crib with his wife because they're expecting uh, a baby. He's in this this is, a, this is a baby era for Ho- Aaron Hodgner. He's in his yeah. baby era.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, he's played by Thomas Gibson, who was Greg in Dharma and Greg. I think that's the thing he's most known for outside of this. We also have Derek Morgan, played by Shemar Moore, who, is, who was Malcolm Winters in The Young and the Reckless and Daniel Harrison in SWAT. He's the, like, hot, muscular... Bad boy player of the team. (laughs) But he's actually like a genuinely good guy.
1: Yeah, he's just like a chill dude, but he's also hot. And so he has that curse now. (laughs) He's cursed.
0: Yeah. He's like the flirt and he's like got serious childhood trauma, but no, he doesn't want to talk about it. (laughs) This episode is very bland, I think, for a lot of the characters.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Especially. (laughs)
1: we also have oh wow okay yeah we can go Penelope okay Penelope Garcia is does the biggest 180 of any character in this series from where she starts to where she ends because Honey needed something better for her Uh, (laughs) she's played by uh, Kristen how do you say your last name Kristen Vankness
0: it's Kirsten Vankness
1: Kirsten Vankness She, I don't know any of this, anything else that's on her. Me neither. Like, on her list. I I don't know anything. What I do know is that this episode, Penelope Garcia is in there for five minutes, and she is formerly a hacker, and she is now a, like, analyst for the FBI.
0: She wears a sweater vest in this episode.
1: It's possibly the most unfortunate thing in this episode. (laughs)
0: <laughs> possibly yes
1: just oh i feel so bad for yeah. her and it
0: one episode later she's got her lizzie mcguire crimps she's got her colorful dresses her toys it's just like this episode they didn't quite know what they what to do with her but they knew they needed a tech analyst
1: they knew they needed somebody who wasn't there that they could call and that's yeah. what they needed that's just that's just yeah. it
0: that's why she's in it for two minutes they're like yes this character does exist okay bye (laughs) (laughs) now talk about your boy
1: can i talk about my boy spencer reed
0: talk about your boy spencer reed
1: who's played by matthew gray grubler who the only thing that you have listed here for him is that he's the voice of simon in the alvin and the chipmunks movies which feels like a very a very matthew gray grubler thing (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, he's the resident genius who has like 3 PhDs and is 24 years old and can read 2000 words a minute or some shit. He is bonkers. Yeah. He's also the most annoying character on this show. I do love him deeply, but he is the most annoying character on this show.
0: I think that he definitely has the most complex development and growth like from episode one skinny boy to like (laughs) post-prison drug addict like
1: he goes on a journey
0: yeah
1: the show loves to just like make him go on a journey
0: yeah and then pretend like it didn't (laughs) happen
1: exactly yes exactly Also, in this episode, let's just talk about the one, the, the one other lady who's in this episode, the mm-hmm. love of my life, Elle Greenaway. <laughs> I love her. I love her more than words can describe. Mm-hmm. She's played by uh, Lola Glaudani. Glaudini? I didn't look up how to pronounce her name beforehand. How dare you? I'm... You're going to learn. I'm not the prepared host of this podcast. Oh, I see. I have come in here five minutes ahead of time with a V8 energy drink, had to, like, I'm flying (laughs) by the seat of my fucking pants here, y'all. You will learn. I am not the prepared one here.
0: Yeah. And I'm the one who makes a Google Doc for every episode, writes the case, writes the outline.
1: (laughs) And you also keep, like, handwritten notes. I... I am lucky that I wrote notes. <laughs> I love this podcast very dearly. I am not prepared at all for ev- anything ever.
0: That's cool. That's good.
1: But can we talk about El Greenway? Because we can
0: talk about El Greenway. I guess
1: she hates men with a passion, and I love oh that God. for her.
0: She hates men. I have a quote to talk about in a later episode that I wrote down. Okay, here is the thing: I I don't like El Greenway, but like I understand her and I sympathize with her um she is kind of like mean but she's like tough and she like does care but also like hates men and like the rest of the team is men so she's like never gonna bond with them but she likes them
1: but she <laughs> I does think... she bonds with spencer quite a bit
0: yeah and morgan a little bit i think the fact that she has the background in sex crimes probably like Informs a lot of that mistrust towards men for her.
1: Which is valid because I, mean, I don't trust yeah. a single man. <laughs> so, like, yeah. me too, Queen. Join the club, I honey. Trust,
0: I trust Aaron Hotchner.
1: I would trust him to help me fill out paperwork. Nothing <laughs> else.
0: <laughs> okay. He okay. could
1: help file my taxes. That's it. That's it. That's
0: true. That's true. <laughs> okay. So, th- um, we know that JJ is there she's not in this episode so we'll talk about her next episode mm-hmm. the episode that we're talking about this week is season one episode one extreme aggressor directed by Richard Shepard and written by Jeff Davis
1: this is one of those episodes that is very very clearly written by a man <laughs> you know when women do things that women wouldn't do Yeah. that episode was written by a man <laughs> this one definitely written by a man also like
0: I think the whole moody storyline of like listening to Metallica to go to sleep and like playing an obscure yeah. Japanese board game by yourself like that's all stuff that men think is like
1: it's not even an obscure game it's a very popular game but they treat fair. it like it's something none of them have ever seen before and only Spencer knows what it is like yeah it's a popular yeah. board game it's in my closet right now <laughs> I bought it from Walmart, and yet, only Spencer Reid knows it.
0: Yeah. Oh, my God, of course. <laughs> but it very much feels like a man was like, who is this, like, badass serial killer guy gonna be? And it's like, <laughs> fast cars and Metallica and Yeah. angst, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah. You're correct. You're 1,000% mm-hmm. correct.
0: Yeah. So... A woman, Heather, goes to test drive a new car that's, like, this kind of car that she's obsessed with.
1: It's, a, like, a Model Z or whatever.
0: Yeah, like some sort of old sports car.
1: Yeah. It looks cool. Um, I don't know shit about cars, but it looks cool.
0: It looks like one of those cars that, like, only short people can sit in, though. You know, like, <gasps> low to the ground, legs too long. Like
1: <laughs> I am short people, and I will take that car.
0: <laughs> yeah, do it. My wife is six foot one.
1: If I never have to like hop up in the like cab of a truck again, I will be happy. Let me take this car, please. I'm five feet tall. I will sit low to the fucking ground.
0: Are you five feet tall?
1: Five feet and three fourths of an inch. The three fourths of an inch is very important.
0: Oh, don't worry. I'm five foot five and a half. I tell everyone I'm five foot six. (laughs) (laughs) Trust me, I know. Not that it matters. My wife is six foot one. <laughs> so I might as well be five feet tall. <laughs> um, okay, so while the unsub is driving her home, he takes the lock out of her car, out of the car, punches her and knocks her out.
1: He also does that in one hit while he's driving.
0: He just straight up like yeah! fist horizontal and knocks her out. Yeah,
1: how does that work? That is not how that works, right? He well, does not, like, one-hit KO her. There is no way! He I mean, looks like one of the punchy robots! There's no force!
0: <laughs> rock him, sock him.
1: Exactly!
0: Well, I think, you know, that's supposed to be, like, a clue when we meet his partner, who's, like, wimpy. Like, we're supposed to be like, yo, but that guy, like, fucking punched her <laughs> in the That guy face. fucking
1: rocked her shit, and this guy <laughs> could not lift a 20 pounds. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, but like people do like punch and knock people out in one hit, I think it's just the like
1: yeah, but like horizontal the yeah yeah, just, like, the to this like this wouldn't knock me out like this for this audio experience that we're doing, a punch to my <laughs> cheek would not knock me out, a punch like directly to my nose or to my face would knock me out, but like to the cheek, I'm just gonna turn my fucking head, like bro, yeah, yeah
0: that's wild, um. Okay, so we find out that he's been dubbed the Seattle Strangler.
1: Love that branding for him.
0: Love it. But I wanted to point this out that in future episodes, it becomes a thing where they try not to name killers. And like if a med- the media has already named a killer, they go out of their way to like get rid of the name, you know, because they don't want to feed into the power. Yeah. But in this um episode They're like, yep, that's a thing. They don't mention it. I wonder if something, if that was something that they updated because the actual like practice.
1: I think that and also I think that's one of the things that they use JJ's character for a lot is they use the sort of like media liaison to control the media. And like, that's one Mm -hmm. of the things that they make her do. And that's sort of like a sticking point for her in the first early seasons is like, well, I'm going to go tell everybody to stop calling this guy the Seattle Strangler. <laughs> so yeah. you all have fun doing the actual work. I'm going to mm-hmm. go make deals with reporters. Like, that's yep. it.
0: <laughs> yep. Um. So based on his previous victims, they, have, they know they have 36 hours to find her alive. So we got a time crunch.
1: And so this is sort of introduced at the... At Quantico at the behavioral analysis unit's offices, where Spencer Reed goes down to grab what the fuck is his name? Jason Gideon. Wow. How no. am I already forgetting Jason Gideon's name? Uh he goes down to grab Gideon. Gideon's like, okay, cool, like I'll send you some notes while you guys are on the plane. And Hotch's like, No, no, no. You're coming with us.
0: You're coming with
1: us. It's like, oh no, my first case back. Oh no.
0: Right. And the assistant director of the FBI tells Hotch to keep an eye on Gideon, you know, see how he is. He might still have PTSD.
1: Mm -hmm. See, like, if he's fit for field work, I think is sort of the language that she uses there. And uh, so that is sort of the secret task that Hotch has this episode, is trying to find out if Gideon is ready for field work and also trying to keep that fact from him, so it's a surprise.
0: Bum, bum bum
1: They have a suspect super quickly. Yeah. They they do some... Okay, before even all that.
0: Okay, they yeah. They do
1: some bullshit involving profiling and, like, cars. This is another yeah. way that you can tell a man wrote this episode, is they <laughs> focus a lot on what kind of car the killer drives. Specifically... Yes, because the case focuses on, like, Model Z cars or whatever, but also because they estimate that this killer drives a Jeep Grand Cherokee.
0: <laughs> and they come up with it out of thin air.
1: Pull it out of their asses fully.
0: Like, they, it starts with a logical train of thought.
1: We need a big car to transport bodies.
0: Yes. Great. And... It's probably going to be like a sports utility vehicle because, you know, he's not leaving them in the city. He's leaving them in these abandoned areas. So it's got to be something good at off road. Great. Cool. It's a Jeep Cher-
1: Cherokee. Duh. It's a Jeep. Specifically, it's a great Jeep Cherokee. What? Hey. Yeah. What? How many serial killers drive Jeep Cherokees? Is there a stat on this? I don't know. I, I want know to that find out.
0: one. One in 7.4 drivers in Seattle owns an SUV. Spencer Reed tells us that. I wrote that down.
1: I Googled the phrase, how many serial killers drive? What do you think <laughs> Google auto-corrected for the end of that sentence? What kind of car do you think Google thinks the most people ask Google if serial killers drive? How many serial killers drive what type of car?
0: I I feel like it's going to be something like a Toyota Corolla. Either that or like a Ferrari, you know? <laughs> oh,
1: wow, two very different sides of the spectrum. Yeah. James, I'm sorry to report that you're wrong because the first Google autocorrect search it has for me is how many serial killers drive VW bugs?
0: Huh. I, you know, I've never thought of that as a particularly... Uh serial killery kind of car.
1: The other car that it has in here, by the way, I just clicked on this first fucking article uh from <laughs> Drivetribe.com. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. The top three cars for serial killers. James, what do you think the top three cars for serial killers are?
0: Well now I wanna say one is a VW bug.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay, fair. Uh-huh.
0: Um if I were a serial killer. I'd want, like, a maybe one of those, like, black Escalades. Because they look very official. They're big. They got tinted windows. Um, And then the other one would be, like, I don't know. I just, I do like the SUV Mm -hmm. thought. Like, I think that's not incorrect. So, I guess I I I just say, like, a Jeep. Just, like, you know, one of those regular Jeeps. I don't
1: know. The fun thing here is that one of your guesses is on this list okay a toyota corolla oh is my god on the list specifically a toyota corolla
0: it's because it is the most nondescript you look at it and you're like that's a car <laughs> yes that's what a car looks like you know that's like,
1: that's like the stock photo version of a car in my head if i think of a car like, i'm like yeah toyota corolla
0: <laughs> when a little kid drives a car they're driving a toyota corolla <laughs>
1: The the other one on here is like a Ford, one of those big like Ford Ecoline Ecoline vans, one of those like bigger vans, Mm -hmm. the ones that you can like put people in the back of, things that you see like like, electrical companies go. Yeah. The other one is a, uh, (laughs) the other one's uh, just like a a, a Ford truck for, you know, all the in the middle of nowhere dumping that you do of bodies is just like a Ford Mm -hmm. truck.
0: So none of them.
1: Are a Jeep Cherokee. So what the fuck, Criminal Minds? Hey, Criminal Minds, what the fuck?
0: (laughs) Yeah? Hey, Criminal Minds, stop.
1: Hey, Criminal Minds, don't profile my Jeep Cherokee, please. I just want an efficient, sporty car.
0: Yeah. And they also um, have a profile, I feel, very quickly. So, oh, so what's interesting about these early episodes is that later on it feels much more like an ensemble show where like certain characters are more in the center of mm-hmm. certain episodes you know they like they yeah. it's more of an ensemble yeah this is very much gideon and his team
1: the early seasons are very gideon focused
0: yeah and this episode is a lot of him staring at a whiteboard while Morgan and Reed and Hotch talk about the profile and then out of nowhere Gideon turns around and goes we've got the profile. And it's like
1: are you going to inform anybody else? No. He's just got it.
0: And Morgan's like seriously? Seriously dude? Morgan's very unhappy with him this whole episode.
1: As he he should be. As he should. As Morgan deserves. Yeah. So we also learned in this episode that Hodge came from the Seattle office to the to the BAU. So he has like some fun, like casual, like fun moments with the Seattle uh, office. Like he's like, "Hey, I worked here for two years. You better fucking remember my name." Okay, <laughs> Hodge. I love that. Okay, sure, dude. I. Uh, the other thing that I've noticed about this episode, and I think it speaks to your point about like this is the Gideon show for now, is. When they go to deliver the profile, it's just Gideon. Nobody yeah. else says a word. It's just Gideon of like, this guy you wouldn't realize on you wouldn't recognize him on the street.
0: And like, he's like surrounded by the FBI people. Yeah. You know, they're like in a U and he's like in the center and everyone else is off to the side. So yeah. Gideon like really gets to
1: present the this profile. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, Maybe that's
1: why I don't like this episode so much because it's just so many Gideon lightbulb moments and I'm like, I don't love this as a show.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because I do like Gideon as a character. I mean, you know, it comes and goes, but (laughs) I think that when they try to make it about him, the show falls a little bit flat because it is that team dynamic Mm -hmm. that makes it so interesting, right? We care about the characters' relationships. We care about how they support each other and how they help each other. And when it's just like Gideon being so clearly not part of a team, you know, I don't care. Like later he starts kind of bonding with Reed and I like Mm -hmm. him a lot more. But when it's just like him doing his thing and like who gives a fuck who else is there, he's very unlikable.
1: Mm -hmm. The other other thing is you can kind of see that dynamic already is because later in the episode, there's a moment where Gideon says like some quote and then reed is like oh it's a quote by this guy to kind of like translate for the rest of the team to like right. <laughs> translate what the fuck gideon's saying and then morgan says some pop culture quote of yoda where he misquotes yoda great job morgan uh and then reed in turn has to like translate that to gideon so it really sets up that dynamic of like these are your two geniuses everybody else can just try their best participation yeah. rate is all around these are your two geniuses though And I think that's why I don't like Gideon because he's a much less likable genius than Reed is. (laughs) Even Reed has his moments for me where I'm like, "Eh, but...
0: I think Reed, because Reed I don't think is particularly likable in this episode either, but he becomes more open with the team. And once he starts feeling like their friend... Reed becomes you know he's still the genius character but now he's like a person who happens to be a genius mm-hmm. you know whereas Gideon I feel like Gideon's entire personality is being a profiler
1: his entire personality is that he's smarter than you are
0: yeah and, and also I he hate has people PTSD, like that
1: of. yeah exactly yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah okay so they find this guy Richard who was in jail for petty theft, and they think that he's the guy, so they set up a sting.
1: But they don't tell us that they set up a sting, which I think is a fun thing they do. We are just as surprised as Richard here because yeah. we just see literally apropos of nothing, it just cuts to this lady walking up to a house. And that's it.
0: You know what? I just had a thought.
1: Mm -hmm. In later
0: episodes, I feel like they treat the audience as part of the BAU team. When the team is discussing things, they're explaining things, and you feel like you're
1: Mm -hmm. there
0: in the room, part of the process. And so when they do, because they do things like this later on, where they don't tell you something is fake or they don't tell you something is a lie but they do it, and at the same time, other members of the BAU team also think it's real. You know, so when it's revealed, it's a surprise to a character as well as to you. This is just like, we're going to confuse our audience.
1: This is just like, hey, do you know women exist?
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> the first female character in this episode, That's not the victim. And we're talking about Elle Greenaway.
1: Elle Greenaway, love of my life. I just, like, literally, it just hard cuts to Elle crossing the street. And yeah. <laughs> you're like, who is this?
0: Yeah, at night,
1: alone. Yeah. She walks up to this, like, normal-looking house, and uh, an old lady opens the door. A very elderly lady. Uh, and there are, like, children crying in the background. Obviously, a wild house that- that's here right now. Uh, and Elle's like, hey. I am house-sitting down the street, and when I came back, all the doors were unlocked and the lights won't turn on. Is there somebody who can come look through the house with me? And you're like, ooh, who is this? You don't know who this is. You don't know this is an FBI agent. You're just like, ooh, is she going to get abducted too? Is this a thing that's going to happen? Card cut to Elle and this like shrimpy-ass looking dude crossing (laughs) the street uh, and looking in the house. And then as Richard shrimpy ass looking dude is like, hey, is anyone here? Anyone home? Uh, the FBI just pours out of every single like hallway in this house and Elle slaps some fucking cuffs on him. And you're like, ooh, Queen, who are you? Let me talk to you.
0: But then she's immediately like needy to Gideon and is all like, see, I did a good job. Hey, but about the opening on your team.
1: <laughs> she's also like, I'm not going to send a SWAT team in a house with children. And you're like, yeah, okay, her. responsible queen. Love that for you. And then she's like, hey, <laughs> let me join the BAU. And he's like, uh, okay, anyway. <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> right.
0: And, ha- like, and Morgan like, Morgan like pats her on the shoulder and is like, keep trying.
1: <laughs> You'll get it eventually, honey. <laughs> yeah. It was so weird. <laughs>
0: And that's like, no, Ellis in the rest of the episode. Yeah. She goes with, so here's the thing I don't understand. If she's not on the BAU team, if she's just an FBI agent, how did she get, they don't explain how she gets called into this case.
1: I, like, yeah, they just, like, assume she's this agent who works in Seattle who is now sort of, like, the agent in charge with the rest of the case but you also already met the agent in charge at the Seattle office and you never saw Elle so you're like who are you and why I was just gonna say
0: I didn't even realize that they were telling us she was part of the Seattle team I was just like oh this is the fifth member of the BAU team and they saved her for this like sneak attack but then she's like not on the BAU team But then she goes with Gideon to the jail. And then the next episode, she's just... On the team. Part of the team.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They're just like, this is our designated woman.
0: I wish wish they'd set it up with just like, hey, you're new on the team. And if they wanted the woman thing, they could be like, you're new on the team. You're a woman and these are all dudes. You got to prove your worth or something like, you know... If they wanted that angle, they could have done that.
1: But they didn't.
0: Yes. I forgot that Elle was not part of the team in the first episode until we rewatched this episode.
1: And then she's just I- there. Yeah. Like and it was magic. like, what a
0: useless, what a useless, like, introduction to a character.
1: But also our introduction to Jason Gideon is that is like, super cool genius man. So like. Sure. Criminal Minds season one is not good at introductions, at like introducing people in interesting and fun ways. It's not good at that season one.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Cause like Penelope's introduction feels lackluster.
0: Hotch is building his baby crib.
1: Yeah, it's just like I love all these people now because I've watched however many fucking years of the show, right? But if I had just started with season one, episode one, I don't know if I would have kept going on Criminal Minds, honestly. Yeah. It's a real fucking dude party.
0: (laughs) It's a real dude party.
1: It's a real dude party.
0: The first season, when I started this rewatch, I was at a friend's house and they have one of those fancy like 4K TVs (laughs) that you can like see people's pores on. And I was watching like episode one and it was like so blurry and i just remember being like when the fuck did this show come out i was like did they film this on like a handheld camcorder
1: it literally like i know it's 2005 yeah cameras were not this bad in 2005
0: no i think i i think it's one of those things where when you watch older shows on newer screens. There's already distortion.
1: The the archival process was not kind to this show because you already have to like for example, when you put something out on TV, right? You have to put it to like a certain color setting and it needs to be a certain size and a certain aspect ratio, obviously. That color setting looks like garbage on anything other than like a regular TV played over airwaves, right? Because When you think about it, it's wild that TV works at all because people send (laughs) pictures through waves in the air and you Mm -hmm. get them on a box in your house. Like, it's (laughs) wild that that works at all. Yeah. But it also works because we've kind of really, like, paired it down to a science of, like, okay, well, it shows reds very well. That's it. It's only good with red colors, right? And so (laughs) when you watch it again on, like, a laptop screen for example or like a 4k tv it looks like trash yeah like these old old shows and i say old 2005 right does not look that good because they didn't archive it to look good later they were like the only way people are gonna watch these is on tv it's fine destroy the rest <laughs> of the footage and then 2010 like <laughs> 10 comes around and they're like fuck laptops exist, huh?
0: (laughs) They were like, no one's going to want to watch season one again. Forget it. Yeah.
1: And then we come along like with 4K TVs and good internet speeds. And it's like, oh shit, huh?
0: Yeah. I'm like, you know, doing screen caps and making GIFs and stuff. And I will like, I have to edit it so much. Because it's just like gray and flat. Mm and it made it hard to watch this episode. I think it was so dark,
1: and they kind of played it up because they're in Seattle uh, and it's oh, yeah. rainy and whatever dark the whole time. Cool. They fix it, but you notice you will notice that like seasons one, two, three still don't look great. Yeah. Two looks two looks markedly better than season one, but it doesn't until you get to like season four that you're like, oh, this is like a TV show.
0: Yeah, when I got to season four, I like I didn't notice it getting better. But then I like stuttered an episode and was like, "Hey, this <laughs> looks really good." You can
1: and see I people's just... skin tones. You're like, "Ooh, what is that?"
0: Yeah, I think I like stopped noticing how bad it looked. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I was just like, "Okay, wait a minute," and I went back and watched episode one and was like, "Oh God!" Yeah, <laughs> it's like a cloud over the screen.
1: <laughs> yeah. It literally looks like somebody just put like a black piece of paper over the screen and the light that's shining through is reaching you but just barely. It's wild. Yeah.
0: Okay, um, do you want to talk about the Reed effect?
1: Let's talk about the Spencer Reed effect. Which (laughs) is self-described by Hotch and Reed. Hotch and Reed go to interview the uh, Heather's brother and in the house with them is Heather's dog. This dog hates Spencer Reed's fucking guts. Just (laughs) despises Spencer Reed. And Hotch just kind of like plays it off with like a smile and like, oh, it's the Reed effect. It happens with children too. And (laughs) I love that. They immediately forget about it. Yeah. Every animal on the show does hate Spencer Reed. That is a very true fact that Hotchner said. Every (laughs) child on this show is Spencer Reed's best friend. Every single one. They're like, oh my God, I love you. You look just like me. You look like a tall, sickly version of me. And so children (laughs) love him.
0: I feel like none of the cast is like bad with children.
1: Because they're nice people.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they're good, kind people.
1: (laughs) They're they're good, kind people who realize that sometimes kids are just fucking kids and they're stupid. That's That's fine.
0: Kids are dumb as hell. You gotta be nice to them.
1: Exactly. They don't know anything.
0: <laughs> kids
1: yeah. know statistically nothing.
0: Never mentioned again. Read Effect never comes back.
1: It never comes back, and I'm sad about that. Because yeah. it's such a fun little. It's such like a fun little character building where, with three words, read effect, dogs and kids hate Read, you've built a whole character. You've built up in my mind somebody who is unlikable to animals and unlikable to children. I know that person. I know, I know a person who is unlikable to both animals and children. I know Spencer Reed now. Except I don't, because they just toss it in the fucking trash.
0: Season one, episode one says Spencer Reed gives off bad vibes.
1: <laughs> and they're right, because early- season one Spencer does. Reed does give off bad vibes.
0: Oh, He does.
1: I'm sorry to this man, but he gives off some rancid vibes.
0: <laughs> they kidnap Richard, pretty clear that he's not the guy because he's so fucking scrawny, clearly a submissive personality. And so um, we mentioned that L and Gideon go to the jail and they talk to a guard there and they see that on the guard's keys is the letter Z, which is the key to... The car that the woman was obsessed with. Mm-hmm. And later, once they meet Richard, they put it together that this guy, Timothy, the guard. Is the guy doing the, crime. the kidnapping, <laughs> he's yeah. doing the crime. Yeah. And so. They're trying to get him. Gideon and Ella racing after him. Back at the house, at Richard's house, Reed and Morgan are going through his room. hmm And we get our first example of Morgan role-playing.
1: I love Derek Morgan and his role-playing.
0: Okay, I'm the
1: unsub. I'm an insomniac. I can't sleep. Let me lay down on his bed. What do I do to fall asleep now? And he just, like, feels around blindly. It's like, aha, a CD player, a Walkman.
0: (laughs) With, like, an actual, like, pair of headphones. Yeah. Like, this guy has to, like, put them over his head and sleep with actual headphones on.
1: (laughs) Terrifying. And so he's like, fuck. Okay, so it's got to be, like, a CD. There's some CD that is important to him that he listens to more than anything else. Cool. Yeah. Great.
0: Cool. Also, this is the first time they don't put gloves on before touching
1: everything at his
0: house. <laughs> I mean they use his computer, no gloves. None of that. Wild. And I and I I know it's not like sexy, you know, on a TV show to like put gloves on. But put fucking gloves on your FBI agents. Like what the fuck?
1: <laughs> what the fuck? What else are you fucking doing? Like <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, it,
0: they, they really do get better at it. And you know, by season 5 they're like if they're not wearing gloves, they're like using pens to touch things. Like they get yeah. much better about it. Yeah. But in this episode they're like, "Oh, the main piece of evidence.
1: Grabbing I hands. will put
0: my greasy fingers on it."
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna rub my fingers all over this motherfucker. So, so I just had
0: the thought so Reed, because he's a genius,
1: mm-hmm. has
0: to go through all the guy's CDs, and they do a montage of him like sitting on the bed looking at CDs and in the background, like, people are moving, like, super fast to, like, show <laughs> you that now we're in, like, Spencer's head. He's thinking. Um, it takes him a long time to be like, hey, only one case is empty. This must be the CD. And I didn't think of that until right now. But he's, like, doing his mind palace thing. <laughs> and his conclusion is, this case is empty. And... Yeah, I mean, that yeah. That takes you
1: a while, yeah.
0: But it's not exactly like incriminating evidence. I don't know, it just feels like, well, let's this talk about This guy doesn't know how passport... to put his,
1: this guy doesn't put his CDs back in the case. Okay, me too, bitch. You ain't special.
0: Yeah, like, like he put his CD, the CD is in the computer. Because wow. That's why it's not in the headphones. It's not in his CD player because it's in the computer. Like that doesn't
1: mean anything. Like, no, I only own one CD and it is the deluxe version of Kesha's uh, Rainbow album. And it is the only CD that I have. And it is in my car because that is the only CD player I have. So like, what does that say about me as a serial killer and as a person that Kesha's Rainbow album is in my car and not in its case? What does that say about me? Also, like,
0: when I watch a movie, I don't always put it back in its case. Sometimes I leave it in the DVD player until I go to watch the next movie. And And then then I take it it out and put it away and put the next. Like, does that mean that if someone was trying to kill me, they'd be like, this movie is still in the DVD player. (laughs) Like, maybe I haven't watched it in a year. I just never took it out.
1: Ocean's Eleven is in the DVD player. That must mean they're planning a fucking heist. Like, no, I just like Ocean's Eleven. Like, what the fuck, dude?
0: Right. And also, I read a piece of trivia. So, so... Spencer figuring this out. We, lo- we know the guy loves Metallica.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It was in his CD. So then uh, Morgan is like, okay, I'm an insomniac who likes Metallica and I listen to her to go to sleep. What's my favorite song? And Reed says, Enter Sandman. I read a piece of trivia that was like, Enter Sandman's not on that album.
1: Also, I think the song is just called Sandman, isn't
0: it? Is it? Or is it? it actually
1: called Enter Sandman? Or oh, is he
0: telling him to enter The word Sandman.
1: One second. Metallica, Sandman, (laughs) what's up? Oh, the full song is actually called Enter Sandman.
0: Okay. So let's talk about how crazy it is that this is this man's password.
1: Based on the one song that you listen to the most, what is your computer password? James Go. what's your computer password if you have to base it off the song that you listen to the most?
0: Uh, Recently... It's the song called Undrunk by Fletcher. That is an incredible Gemily song. (laughs) (laughs) It's number one on my um, Emily and JJ playlist.
1: What? So like, if you like a song as much as you like Undrunk by Fletcher, Mm. why would you make your password just the title of the song? Also, if on your
0: computer is a live feed to a woman in a cage, why are you not using a stronger password?
1: As inter-Sandman. Like, bro?
0: <laughs> like, why is what? your password not, like, a series of numbers and symbols?
1: Why is your... Why does your password not have any numbers or special characters in it?
0: Why do you have... Um, what's the name of that lock?
1: Like, deadbolt defense.
0: Right. Why do you have deadbolt defense... The strongest security system on the planet that Penelope Garcia can't crack. And then your password is just the name of your favorite song. Like.
1: Not even adding a one, two, three at the end. Like, Jesus Christ, dude.
0: Like. Really? The E and the S should be capitalized. The A should be an at sign. The E should be a three. Like, there should be an underscore in there. Like. I don't. Okay. I mean, I guess we should go back to a point that this is 2005.
1: That is also true. That's what I was just about to say. This is 2005. We did, <laughs> Nobody had a good password in 2005. Remember when they yeah. started asking people to put a number in their password and how many people's just like brains broke because of that?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: But also, oh. how did the best security system on the planet, Deadbolt Defense, just let you put in the word sandman as your password? I feel like the strongest right. security system on the planet should be like, please put a number, any number, enter here, not one password, two passwords.
0: Yeah. A secret no. question, like <laughs> Yeah.
1: What's your birthday? What's your mom's maiden name? <laughs> What high? What was the name of your high school mascot?
0: That guy was poor as hell. How expensive do you think a security system like that is? Oh,
1: my God.
0: Like, fucking McAfee ad blockers, $100 a month. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know this deadbolt security system was going to be, like, $500 to buy. And this dude is, like, so poor. He's living with his, like, old Grandma. grandmother and his, like, sister and nephew. Like... <laughs> Yeah.
1: He probably put it on his serial killer credit card. You know they have unlimited funds.
0: <laughs> he read in the back of a Villain Weekly <laughs> that there's a discount code.
1: <laughs> Use discount I love killing people to get 20% off of Deadbolt Defense. Yeah.
0: Hey guys, welcome to my villain channel.
1: <laughs> Here I'm going to show affiliate you the affiliate link fun hacks. in the description. <laughs> <laughs> Buy things off my Amazon wish list. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, okay, I'll get 10%. You'll get 10%. It'll be great.
1: Everybody wins. <laughs>
0: oh, Jesus. But it was 2005. YouTube didn't even exist in 2005. <laughs> God. Um. Okay, so they get in the computer. And I don't know if it's like already up or if they just start clicking files.
1: I think they, they just start clicking things randomly. It's yeah, Derek pers- Morgan. Pers- he just starts clicking things.
0: He's like, "Oh hey, also the guy just has like a video clip on his desktop, like it's not even in like a f- folder. there's like a shortcut to it on his desktop
1: literally like the the uh the pro the webcam viewing program is just like there, yeah like if you're not a if you're a fucking killer, really, you just leave that yeah. up,
0: yeah, so they look at the video." Derek and Reed are watching the video and Reed notices that the light is swinging back and forth. And he says, well, the earth doesn't tilt, but the water does. So So she's in a boat. Yeah, it must be like a boat, a boathouse or something. So the other part of the team, Gideon and Al have been uh, chasing down the Model Z car. Mm-hmm. and they stop the guy they pull him out and it's somebody else and the person says some guy at the parking garage gave me a hundred bucks to like drive his car home for him yeah and we get the wonderful gideon screaming <laughs> what is the make
1: what's the make
0: he says that exactly like brad pitt in seven what's in the box he's just like yes box?
1: Yeah, he's just, what's like, the yelling at this dude, like, what's the make of your car? It's like, it's a fucking I Dodge know. truck. Jesus Christ.
0: <laughs> the Dude's just, like, on the ground crying, like,
1: <laughs> what did I like, do? Like, give him a fucking second. Damn, dude.
0: Ugh. They have no time.
1: They gotta save this girl.
0: I gotta save Heather. So they realize the boat's an allied shipyard. And
1: this whole time, by the way, Hotchner is interrogating Richard,
0: mm-hmm.
1: who is just bullying Aaron Hotchner.
0: <laughs> He's been so mean to Aaron Hotchner. He's
1: such a little piece of shit.
0: Oh, I love him, though.
1: Everybody Aaron Hotchner interviews bullies Aaron Hotchner. Yeah. It is a thing about him. I don't know what about his whole face and serious demeanor says, bully me, but he has like a kick me sign on the back of his suit perpetually.
0: It's like in the early seasons, he looks too happy and like young. So they bully him because he's happy and young. But then he looks so broken and sad (laughs) that they bully him for being broken and sad. (laughs)
1: Truly my favorite thing of this, like, take no shit, FBI agent gets bullied by local (laughs) (laughs) 22-year-old.
0: What would you like to know, weatherman?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The other thing, one other thing I want to mention before we go into, like, the final sort of part of this episode. While they are at the house, Spencer finds this game of Go that Richard is apparently playing with himself. He's playing against himself. Which is not a good way to play the game Go. But Reed is like, well, this is a very popular game that nobody else on the team has ever heard of. There's profiles for, like, every player. You know, some people count points, some are aggressors, some are defenders, you know. And somebody asks, like, oh, well, what's Richard? And by looking at the still board... Not even, like, looking at, like, the state of the game or anything. Just by looking at the board. He looks up very dramatically and says, Extreme Aggressor. And they say the name of the episode in the episode, and so that's t- ten points in my book. I love it when they say the name of the episode <laughs> in the episode. hmm They don't always do it, but when they do, I love it. It's corny.
0: That's corny and good. Um, But also... I don't think that you can just look at a board game and necessarily know how they've gotten to this point.
1: You absolutely cannot. Like, I think, like, in chess, right, there's multiple ways to get to your pawn being on E6. You can't just look at it and be like, oh, well, obviously, he's an extreme aggressor. Like, there, like you can't just look at the state of the game at one snapshot and be like, perfect done isn't
0: isn't go also don't you like flip the yes. tiles over
1: mm-hmm. yes
0: so like there are even more options than chess yes <laughs> yeah there hmm. is no
1: reason for spencer to have known an extreme aggressor
0: yeah like
1: shut up spencer shut up <laughs> you <a> little <laughs> a fucking punk ass kid i'm gonna bully you shut up spencer
0: he's wearing like a red striped polo shirt and he looks so small.
1: He <laughs> is wearing clothes that are at least three sizes too big for him.
0: Yeah, yeah. He wears brown corduroys for a very long time
1: <laughs> yeah. in the show. He does.
0: uh poor Spencer.
1: So, talk to me about okay, the yeah. about the dramatic end of this case.
0: Ooh, yeah. So, Gideon and Al get to the Allied shipyard,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and we see. So Heather breaks out of the cage on her own.
1: You would love to see that. I love that for her.
0: Yeah, I love that for her. He basically like when she pretends to be, I guess, asleep and he opens the cage to get her and she like surprise attacks him and knocks him over and gets out. And she makes it all the way out of the boat onto the dock before he can grab her.
1: Yeah, I love that for her. I love that we get to see her do that.
0: Yeah. And Criminal Minds is very good about that. I think Criminal Minds does a great job in showing victims saving themselves or trying to save themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't feel passive. And I think that's something that I really like about this show compared to like a Law & Order or a CSI or an NCIS because we get to see them save the victims. You know, like it, it is about solving a crime But it's not about, but the crime hasn't already happened. Yeah. You're not like, oh, I'm so, I mean, I guess some crime has happened. I
1: mean, crimes have occurred. That is the basis (laughs) of this show. Crimes have occurred.
0: But at the end, you get to save someone. And when they don't save someone, it's like a capital T thing. And they have to like deal with having failed Mm
1: -hmm.
0: or succeeded, but too late. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and I think Criminal Minds does a really good job of, on the BAU side, showing human people Mm -hmm. getting kind of worn down by there always being another victim.
1: But on the flip side, it shows the victims, like, being people who are rising up in the face of wild circumstance.
0: Yeah. And I really like that. It
1: is. It's it's nice. I think this show shows a lot of, like, not to get too meta here, but it does show human nature in a very good way of, like, if you're already trapped in a fucking boat with a dude who's trying to murder you, you're gonna do some shit. You're gonna do some shit to get out of there. And you will do anything you can.
0: Yeah, and I think that at its core is why Criminal Minds, you know, at least for me, like, resonates with me so hard is because it is about it's about the people, not necessarily, like, the crime. Yeah. A lot of other crime shows are, like, you know, picking apart how someone did a crime or, like, how can we get the evidence or how can I be the best cop or whatever. Whereas this show very much feels like people trying to help people.
1: Yeah. You
0: You're know, correct. and the FBI is, like, the context of it.
1: Yeah. Elle and Gideon get to the docks. Some shit occurs.
0: <laughs> Some shit does occur. So shit
1: happens.
0: We get the best pun. We get the best joke. Gideon starts...
1: Just bullying this guy.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, Heather has escaped. Timothy has grabbed her, holding a gun to her head, and she's, of course, terrified. Mm-hmm. Poor girl. Woman. And Gideon starts um, verbally beating the shit out of this man. Gideon is like... Oh, can't get it up. <laughs> what did the girls in high school call you, Tiny Tim?
1: <laughs> His name's Timothy, Tiny Tim, and I. Literally.
0: Mwah, chef's kiss.
1: Thank you for verbally. <laughs> thank you for just absolutely bullying, like this unsub. Like fuck yeah, bully these guys. Which is something yeah, I feel it- like shows don't do enough like yeah. just bully, bully a motherfucker who gives a shit <laughs> we see committed crimes
0: we see in a lot of the episodes the team being straight up mean to the serial killers and they're like you can't talk to me that way and you know emily penthouse would be like fuck you or <laughs> yeah, derek morgan yeah. is like derek morgan grabs him and goes you shut the fuck up and get in the Fucking car.
1: <laughs> Literally like, like they're like, you can't talk to me they're not like that. He's like, why the fuck not? Why the fuck <laughs> can't I do this? You murdered seven people this week, Jeffrey. I'm gonna call you a fucking dumbass if I think you're a fucking dumbass. You murdered a bunch of people, dude. Like why can't yeah. I talk to you this way?
0: Yeah. It's it's good.
1: So uh Tim goes and he Gideon also is just like, shoot me. Just fucking shoot me, dude. I don't give <laughs> yeah. a fuck. Shoot me, bud. Go for it, Tiny Tim. You small-dicked asshole. And then Tim like, <laughs> goes to, like, raises his gun to, like, try and shoot Gideon. I think he gets off a shot. And then l just, like, done. This guy is toast. Yeah. He is out of there. Timothy gets shot by l Gideon gets, like, shot in the arm, I think. And Heather is saved.
0: She's saved. Elle goes and hugs her um and that's that on the case on the that's flight the case. back
1: mm-hmm.
0: yes on the flight back Hotch is like hey Gideon how's it going
1: how are you and- doing in a very see-through attempt to be like are you okay
0: <laughs> and Gideon is like yeah dude I'm fine what are you gonna write in your report <laughs> the report you're writing on me yeah what are you gonna what are you gonna say
1: can we talk about that? Can I proofread that before you send it up? <laughs> like,
0: hey, remember how uh, the assistant director of the FBI told you to mm, keep a fucking eye on me? What are you gonna say? Huh,
1: what are you gonna do about that? <laughs> 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 you want to snitch on yourself?
0: Yeah, and then Hotch is just like, I don't know, you're cool, I guess it's fine.
1: <laughs> you're fine, I guess, because you're the main character of this show, and it's very obvious. <laughs> like,
0: <clears throat> what if that first episode, like. They got back on the plane and not just like, hey Gideon, listen, you did a really great job, but I think you need more time. And then Gideon's <laughs> just gone. No, <laughs> it's like not about it, him at all. <laughs>
1: literally, they got Mandy Patinkin for one episode to get everybody. Just the
0: pilot. And then he's gone. And the show's not <laughs> about him gone. at all.
1: Honestly, oh. the show would be better for it.
0: I know. I like Gideon.
1: I know you do. There
0: are some Scenes. I okay. I think Gideon is a good tool for the writers in the first season because he does have that knowledge and experience and training. So it makes sense for the other younger members of the team to be like, "Hey, Gideon, tell us how this works or tell us how that works." You know, because later on it becomes like, I I never feel like it's overly expositiony,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but you know. Gideon's a good tool for that exposition. And I can understand how a writing team would want that in the first season.
1: Yeah, that is fair. Because later on they do stuff like, well, we all know sexual sadism is blank to kind of like catch everybody up and make sure they're all on the same page. But they, they aren't able to do that in the first season because we would all be like, wait, what the fuck? Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, I suppose you're right. Gideon is a good tool. He is a tool. Yeah. In, like, the (laughs) not nice way of it. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. He is a tool. He's a fucking tool.
0: He. I go back and forth on Gideon. The super shitty way he treats everybody, Emily Prentice, makes me upset. He treats everybody everybody. like
1: garbage except for Spencer sometimes. And even that's only sometimes.
0: Yeah. Look what he does to Spencer, and Spencer's his favorite.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, damn, fuck off, bud.
0: (laughs) So, but that's not the end of the episode.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: The episode ends with Gideon at a gas station. Okay, so we need to backtrack. The show
1: show treats Gideon like he is a gift from God. And I'm like, he's just a dude. It just makes me laugh so fucking hard. Continue. Sorry, backtrack.
0: The show is like, y'all, this is Mandy Patinkin. Like, it treats Gideon like he's Mandy Patinkin. Yeah. yeah you know? Yeah,
1: you're correct.
0: You're correct. Um, okay. So, backtracking to the beginning of the episode, we said that Gideon was teaching a class at the FBI Academy. He is telling the students about a case that he solved, which was the Footpath Killer. Mm hmm who had a stutter and there's a thing and it goes on until the next episode too of like how did gideon know why the football killer stutters and at the beginning of the show he's saying we knew he would drive an old truck we knew he works like a blue collar job that doesn't require any education we know that he's a coward and we know that he stutters so end of the episode Gideon's at a gas station. They don't give any context for, like, time period.
1: Yeah, like, he's just there.
0: Yeah, you could think that, like, he solved the case and now he's driving elsewhere. So he's at a gas station. I've said that, like, four times now. And he's walking inside. And he picks up, like, a Butterfinger. And goes to the counter and is like, yeah, I'm gonna buy this. Puts it down, looks up. The guy staring back at him is the... Creepiest man he I've looks ever seen. So in my life. creepy. Greasy, huge eyes, trembling. And behind him are a bunch of Polaroid pictures of close-ups of faces. Like the way that someone who might steal from your shop, you take a picture, put them up.
1: This is the wall of shame. Yes. It's the bad check. The people who write bad checks.
0: Right, exactly. And so Gideon, like, puts the candy bar down. And the guy stutters the amount of money he owes him or whatever. Gideon's like, huh, interesting. And like, looks over his shoulder out the window and sees an old truck.
1: Huh. Interesting.
0: And then turns back to the guy. And when Gideon like pays him, gets the change back, and then he goes to put his wallet back in his pocket. And the guy sees his gun. Ooh. And despite the fact that they're like in the wilderness, and I feel like people in the, like a white guy, in the middle of nowhere walking into a convenience store with a gun.
1: It's, like, not alarming. I mean, it is because white guy walking into a store with a gun. But, like, right. <laughs> it's not something that you would see and you would be like, oh, that's out of place. Right. Maybe it's just because I'm from Iowa, but, like, that's not super out of place.
0: I mean, I I would be nervous that there's, like, this man with a gun. But I also wouldn't be like, Wow. A man with a gun in the woods, you know?
1: Shocking. Never been seen before. Yeah.
0: Anyway, there's this very tense moment where it just zooms in and zooms in and zooms in on Gideon's eyes. And then it just cuts away and he's like, okay, bye. And he gets his candy bar and he walks outside. <laughs> Later. Later, bye. And you're like, oh, he knows something. Like they make it very clear that something is happening. And then he leaves and it turns into slow mo. And as the Exit, end of episode music starts playing. Slow mo. Gideon looks up, and right above the gas machine, there's a shiny metal plate.
1: Sorry, the gas machine?
0: The the gas pump? pump Yeah, the gas pump. I forgot, and I was trying to be all cool and roll with it. (laughs) Um, It's fine. The gas pump. Right above the gas pump is a shiny metal plate. Gideon looks in it, and you see the guy walking out of the convenience store. With, like, a shotgun, and he holds it up and goes, like, and points it at Gideon, and then it just goes, whoom, zoom in on Gideon's eyes. End of episode. (laughs) And, like, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, season one and a half, I'd say, of Criminal Minds takes itself very, very seriously.
1: And I don't know if that's a good thing.
0: Like, on the one hand, I think if they'd started it as a comedy, especially, like, about serial killers in 2005, you know, as a comedy, I think it wouldn't have gone over well.
1: hmm but, but this at the same dramatic-ass zoom-in is as close to a laugh-out-loud comedy moment you are gonna get in Criminal Minds, though. So it's like they're doing it, but they're like, this is very serious. And you're like, okay, but you just zoomed in on his face really dramatically? Is that supposed to be serious? They're like, yes, this is very serious. But it's not. full as a comedy. It's like
0: the people who always laugh at law and order for how ridiculous it is were then hired to make a serious cop show. And <laughs> yeah. so they were like, they were like, I mean, I guess we should do the things that like cop dramas do, but they think it's ridiculous. And so the show, <laughs> you're just like, what also this is the area of criminal minds the era of criminal minds where they will hold up a picture and the camera will slowly zoom in on the picture and then through the picture and we are at the location that's their scene transitions
1: that's their one scene transition it's that and a hard cut that's it (laughs) that's it (laughs) and like i get it i get it You only knew two of the ways to transition in Adobe Premiere. That's fine. (laughs) I'm glad we didn't get any, like, gradient wipes or whatever. But, like, it's just kind of wild to me. It's just so funny.
0: Can you imagine Criminal Minds with, like, Star Wars circle wipes?
1: It is all I want in this world. It's for somebody to edit Criminal Minds with, like, Star Wars circle wipes and, like, ridiculous transitions. It is all I want.
0: Oh, my God. Every scene starts with, like, a faint flute. (laughs)
1: exactly the faint flute is how you know that you're in a new scene come on hey james yeah what do you rank this episode if you have to rank it on a scale of one to ten what do you rank this episode i would
0: give this episode a six
1: a six better than middle of the road yeah i feel
0: like you know it's a little weird but you know, I liked the characters immediately. Well, I didn't like Derek Morgan immediately. Mm-hmm. But he becomes very like, well, next episode, so it's fine. Um, I I like the characters immediately. I want to see more. I definitely, it makes me root for the show.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. when I pick out my, if I want to watch a random episode, I'm not going to put on season one, but I'm never like upset when I rewatch the show and I have to watch episode one, you know? Yeah. What about you? What do you rank this episode be?
1: I think I'm going to give it a four. Actually, mm-hmm. no, that's too harsh. I'm going to give it a five. Middle, firmly, middle of firmly, firmly middle of the road. Mm-hmm. We also get that thing where they like transition to like where the guy is walking, where they like put where they green screen Mandy Patinkin in on like the street where the guy is walking.
0: Yes. They do that with All the time. every profile in this first season.
1: And they d- they don't stop. <laughs> like first season sure they do it with every profile, second season they do it less sure. They don't stop.
0: <laughs> no, but they they figure out how to do it in a way that isn't so
1: obnoxious. Terrible. Yeah.
0: Like season 1 it's literally like I'm standing in front of a green screen of a whiteboard. And now I'm standing in front of a green screen of a forest. Whereas later one of them will like turn the corner or someone will bump into them, and when they turn around, they're on the scene. you know they do yeah, better
1: they do a, they hide it better,
0: yeah, it feels like a scene transition as opposed to like a powerpoint, you know, <laughs> yeah,
1: this is yeah. me in front of a whiteboard. this is me in front of a murderer, like
0: yeah, yeah, and i I feel like. Because we still get montages of like thinking with floating images and stuff like that, we get that doesn't stop. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm in the middle of season what five right now, and and we still get floating picture montages and yeah, it's back. You know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, they've started in season five. They start doing the zoom in through a photo again, and I was uh-huh. like, oh, is this back?
1: <laughs> is okay, this coming back now. This is a but, fun thing to bring it back. It's like bringing know, back low rise jeans. They're just trying to bring it back into fashion.
0: I hate that low-rise jeans are coming back into fashion. I was so happy when we got high-waisted jeans. No more muffin tops, none of that. And now? Yeah, okay, fine, I guess.
1: Sorry, I'm anyway. just I'm just a I just wear skinny jeans all the time because I'm a former scene kid. So I'm reformed, but I still just wear skinny jeans.
0: Yeah, I am what we call a summer goth, <laughs> meaning that I'm a goth kid who grew up in Miami. And so I had very few goth clothing options. I think that *Committed Minds* like embraces this kooky montage, kooky transition things, and like makes it a makes it a thing, and like has fun with it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In the beginning, though, in season one, they're playing it straight. You know, in season one, they're straight up like, "Look at how cool this is!
1: Look at all this cool technology!"
0: Yeah. You know, and I think later they're like, hey, remember when we used to, like, zoom in through photos? We're doing that again. You know, it feels like that. Season one is the first few episodes of a podcast when they haven't figured out all the segments yet. That's what season one is. It's
1: us right now.
0: Yeah, we are Criminal Minds. Wow. Maybe the Criminal Minds was the journey along the way. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe the Minds were the criminals we met along the way
1: maybe our okay. mind is the criminal that we've met along the way because do you like this case or not the case itself the seattle strangler case yeah do you like it
0: i would give the case like a 4 okay i just think there's too many coincidences in the, how they sell He it. drives a
1: Jeep Cherokee. Yeah.
0: What's the make?
1: <laughs> what is the make? Yeah. No, <laughs> you're exactly right. There's way too many yeah. coincidences. And they just like. Like there's coincidences that Spencer pulls out of his ass, which the show does mm-hmm. quite a lot. And then there's like, oh, we saw the keychain on the guard's keys of the Model Z car. That's like a good one. Yeah. Extreme aggressor from go it's not a good coincidence i do i do like this case although now that we're talking about it i'm like kind of just like huh maybe it's not that great so i'm gonna give it a five
0: Mm -hmm.
1: so i'm just middle of the road middle of the road
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. let's see did we miss anything i was gonna say
1: any of the last points you want to make here
0: Oh, this is the first time we hear them explain the word unsub.
1: They do. I mean, they better because they use it a million times per episode, every episode.
0: Yeah, I think like every episode of season one, they explain the word unsub and then after that, they do it like once in the beginning, once in the middle, once at the end of a season.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they just like have to get a little quota in every once in a while.
0: Yeah. Oh, I do want to point something out that I think is interesting. The fact that Everyone they meet knows what profiling is.
1: They really, it's a very wonderful little thing, isn't it?
0: It's just like every person they meet is, someone will be like, oh, I'm a profiler. And they'll be like, FBI? Behavioral Analysis Unit? That's you? Like if someone said that to me, I'd be like, are you a social media manager? You know? <laughs> <laughs> And then it's like, everyone knows what a profiler is. But then when someone has, like, read one of Gideon's essays or one of Rossi's books or, like, went to a read lecture, everyone's like, whoa, you're really intense. But, like, everyone knows what y'all do. Like, (laughs) just because one cop read a little extra doesn't make them, like,
1: a (laughs) fan
0: of you, you know? I just... We didn't talk about Derek Morgan very much.
1: He didn't do a whole lot.
0: No. He but
1: I, I think they was just a complimentary tool to Reed and then to Gideon.
0: He was just the actor they put on the screen to say, see, we have diversity. We yeah. have that guy on our team.
1: And then they added L and it's like, Hey look, we have a woman. A yeah. woman. I do think
0: they set up Morgan's trust issues well though?
1: They really do because he does not trust Gideon further than he can throw him. Not at all. And he
0: doesn't for like half of the first season.
1: Which is fair.
0: Yeah. I I think it's good because I Derek is definitely the skeptic character. As at least he when it comes be. to people. Yeah. So I do think it does a good job of setting that up.
1: And he's always like Gideon has PTSD and everybody else is like we know <laughs> thank you for saying that Morgan <laughs> thank you for yeah, being the audience in this case
0: yeah I was just gonna say like he's definitely like me when Gideon's like we've got a profile and then just fucking like bolts out of the room and he's like and Morgan's what like the fuck? what the fuck
1: since when yeah since I was, like, when do we have a profile was, like, literally me yeah
0: <laughs> that was me.
1: So that's it for this episode of Wheels Up, y'all. Join us back here every other Wednesday for more episodes of Criminal Minds and more episodes of Wheels Up, your new favorite podcast. We are also on Twitter and Instagram at at Wheels Up Pod, uh, and then we are on YouTube at Wheels Up Podcast. Follow us everywhere. Fine podcasts are sold.
0: Yeah, and let us know what you think. This is yeah. our first episode, and we'd love to hear back from you
1: any feedback would be super great okay yeah that's it for this episode we don't have like an outro wait i was
0: gonna say more we were gonna do quotes remember
1: oh right yeah go for it this podcast is not very well planned what's up i just kind of go
0: <laughs> as derek morgan says yoda says try not do or do not
1: Which is also just, like, an incorrect <laughs> quote. Like, I do have to, like, I will faint out on that point because it is just an incorrect quote. <laughs> and Reed's is like, is like, yep, I feel that.